It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuck. We're here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, we'll preview Falcons and Chargers. The Knicks met their newest member of the family, and the Fenton trade may mean something bigger than just a short-term fix. It's all next, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We are brought to you by Bet Online. Head to YouTube.com. Put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser when you get there. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Don't forget, we are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review there as well. Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, you can check us out on both of those platforms. And, of course, give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Well, because we're going to do an ATL Hangouts tomorrow, programming note, we're going to go ahead and preview Falcons and Chargers here today on the show. So a couple of things that really stand out to me about the Sandy or the you know, LHR. I'm going to call them, listen, so you don't need to correct me. I'm going to call them San Diego Chargers. I grew up with Dan Fouts and Chuck Muncie and Charlie Joyner. So I'm going to call them the San Diego Chargers just because that's what I grew up with. That's what their mama named them when I was born, and that's what they're going to be. I don't care if they play in L.A. or El Segundo. They're going to be the San Diego Chargers. So just forewarning, I'm going to say San Diego 25 different times for all of them. So a couple of things that really stood out to me about the Chargers. One is the amount of plays that they run offensively. They average 74.1 offensive snaps per game. Now, I believe that only the Arizona Cardinals run more plays per game than what the uh, uh, L.A. Chargers run. And they are also a team that is very unbalanced, very similar to what the Bengals were. You know, we said that the Bengals were like 67 pass to 33 run. They are 68% pass to 32% run. So with Justin Herbert, they obviously like to huck it around a good bit. But as we got word earlier this week, Mike Williams, one of their big play wide receivers, we know he's going to be out for multiple weeks. He got hurt a couple of weeks ago. They said it wouldn't be days. It would be weeks before we would see him. And then Keenan Allen had a press conference earlier this week talking about the idea of that he had a setback on his injury in week seven and it's not getting better during their bye week that he he suffered another setback. So he's going to be out. So you're talking about two of their big wide receiver weapons, their main two weapons that are not going to be available this week. So that's some good news. I hate injury, but I mean, it's good news for the Falcons because obviously this is one of the worst pass defenses in the league. And you take away two of their big weapons, that's going to hurt. Now, look, they still have plenty of weapons to be able to throw to, right? I mean, Austin Eckler's a guy, he has the second most touchdowns in the league. So besides the 380 yards rushing, four and a half yards in attempt, he's caught 53 balls out of the backfield. Now, only 6.7 yards per reception, 
but still five rushing touchdowns, three receiving touchdowns. He's got a lot of all-purpose yards for this team, and they use him a crap ton. So he's a guy, when you talk about Michael Walker and people like that, have to account for him. He's not going to be a guy who's going to run past everybody, but they have to account for him because it's always been historically that these receiving running backs, guys that come out of the backfield and catch the passes, have always killed the Falcons. So obviously, without Williams, without Keenan Allen, that's the guy that they've got to focus on and not allow to get off and get going. Now, for the Falcons offense, the Chargers defense allows the highest yards per carry in the NFL. Running backs or rushers average 5.7 yards per carry. That's a staggering number. So you can have success running the football. And obviously, we know what the Falcons' identity is, but this really feels like one of these games this week that you want to keep the ball out of San Diego's hands, Chargers' hands. You don't want to give them extra possessions. You control the clock. You convert on third down. But more importantly is the Falcons have to get off the field on third down. Falcons right now defensively are giving up 47% on third down. So they're almost 50-50 on third down. And one of the big issues about last week was that we talked about way too many third and long, third and medium and long conversions last week in that Carolina game. And that was P.J. Walker. That one, Justin Herbert who can huck it all around out there. So the Falcons have to find a way to get themselves off of third down, off the field on third down. That's something they've not done a very good job of this year. That's something that they really did not do a good job last week, especially some of those third and long situations of 10, 12, 13, 15 yards were just frustrating to watch. So the Falcons can run the football, control the clock, control possessions. Okay. Um, San Diego's not going to run it, so you know what they're going to do. It's going to be like what Joe Burrow was. They're going to drop back, and they're going to huck it all around. Even with Austin Eckler, they're not going to just pound the running game into you. They want to throw the football. They They run it at a very low percentage out there. They've also, by the way, one other interesting stat about the Chargers, they've given, they're tied for the eighth most passing touchdowns given up. So we talked last week about the masterful scheme that Arthur Smith, Dave Ragone, whoever deserves credit, the masterful scheme that they put together in the passing game. So you get down deep and you get in the red zone. Let's not forget about throwing the football to our guys. Let's not forget about London and Pitts. Scheme that again. The Chargers have given up passing touchdowns this year. So, you know, you can throw it in the end zone against them. They've they've had some issues stopping that. But they have some outstanding playmakers. Look, obviously, Khalil Mack is one of the real game-changing. And he may be, listen, to this point, he may be the best defensive player that the Falcons have had to line up on. And what's great about Khalil Mack is he can play anywhere on the line of scrimmage. And while the Falcons come in as the fifth-best rushing uh, or run-blocking offensive line in the league and they're the ninth best offensive line overall their big weak spot is that center and right through the middle and Derek Brown ate up Drew Dahlman last week now I don't know how much Mac is going to you know at points line up on the interior but 
I would, if I'm, if I'm the defensive coach for the, the, the Chargers, I'm finding a way to get him up front and get him lined up on Dolman and let him blow up plays all day long out there. So that, to me, is going to be one of the keys is how do you control Khalil Mack? How do you keep him from making blown-up play after blown-up play? And by the way, even when it comes to sacking the quarterback, he's got six sacks on the season. And we know Mariota takes a high percentage of sacks as it is. Even Derwin James, who's another outstanding player, he's got a couple of sacks this year. He's going to be active. He's going to be looking to ball hawk. So you got to play clean again this week, which is really the formula for the Falcons every week is playing clean. And you got to control Khalil Mack on the line of scrimmage. Falcons can run the ball. They can get first downs. You get down deep. You can throw it against the Chargers. But understand that they want to huck it around. And they got some guys that they can pin their ears back. And they can both get after Mariota. And they can get after you in the backfield. This should be a fun matchup. I think the Falcons find a way to get it done. They're at home. I think it's another low scoring. I think if they can keep it under 30 in this game, they've got themselves a real shot. So we'll see what happens. But look, going for four in a row at home, you can't ask for a whole lot better than that. All right, I want to talk about my friends over at Bet Online. Listen, World Series last night. Nobody saw a no-hitter coming, did they? One night after Philadelphia gave up five homers and seven runs, look what happens. Or, or Houston, I should say. They gave up five homers and seven runs. They turn around and throw a no-hitter last night. The fickle world of baseball. Did you get in on it? Did you feel like the Astros were going to bounce back? Head to betonline.net today. It's your number one source for all of your sports wagering information. You want to get in on the World Series action. We got college football. We got NFL football. Going to be a huge weekend in college. It's not just Tennessee and Georgia. LSU, Alabama, right? Notre Dame, Clemson. There's a whole pile of of really good games going on this weekend. Oh, yeah, we'll talk NBA here in just a minute. Hawks are in action on Saturday after a couple, they'll get a couple of days off coming off from the road. BetOnline.net allows you to get on all the action. Head there today. It's really simple. Take that mobile device, get to BetOnline.net, check out all the news, e-betting scores, information, podcast stats, everything is there, and get in on the action at BetOnline.net. It's where the action starts. Hey, don't forget, we appreciate you making Hitting Hard with John Trekker your first listen every day. Make sure you make Locked On Sports Today's podcast your second listen every day. The biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. You can find it on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast from. So in the ever-growing and expanding world of the New York Knickerbockers family, they got to the newest member of their family because they found themselves a new daddy last night in DeJounte Murray. Now, this, this, let's start with the numbers first on, on Murray. Last night, 36 points, nine assists, five steals in the game last night to go along with a plus 26 in the game. It was an outstanding performance. But what I want to focus on is, you know, the Hawks at one point in that game last night, they were down 51 to 28 to New York. From that point, they outscored New York 84 to 48, 84 to 48, including a 32 and 10 third quarter against the Knicks. Now, did they do that because they just started hitting on all cylinders offensively and Trey Young was hucking it up and doing this and he's shooting threes and bombs away and bop, bada, boop? No, 
well, John Collins was going wild, right? He was dunking and this and that. No. What turned that game completely around is DeJounte Murray's defense and him taking possessions away from the Knicks. They also had a, a, a 24 second clock violation, a couple things, but, and he turned those steals into easy baskets for the Atlanta Hawks. And I'll say again, that last night with last year's team, that game last night, that 51-28, that would have been a 35-point loss last night on last year's team because they didn't have a guy last year like DeJounte Murray. And his defensive intensity, his knack for finding the basketball, completely turned that game around last night. You know, remember, Trey Young got hurt. He got his eye scratched. He missed a good chunk of the game. And it's not like he was bombs away and just draining threes everywhere. Murray played big defense. He hit a couple of big threes. They got a lot of easy baskets for all of it. And they chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. And then once they took the lead, they put their foot on the gas and they stayed out front. They won 112.99 last night. This is the difference. You saw leadership. You saw the defensive intensity. This is the difference about the Hawks this year and last year. I said this after the Houston game. They wouldn't have won that game to start the year. But you see a guy like Murray, and you see what a massive increase in difference he is to this roster. I mean, with all due respect last night, when you look at some of the numbers for the Atlanta Hawks, you know, Collins was 4 for 10 with 12 points. He didn't do a whole lot. You know, Hunter was aggressive, but he was able to pick up some easy baskets through their defense. He finished with 21. Trey only had 17. Those aren't games that the Hawks win when he only scores 17, and he's injured and out for a long time. And by the way, they didn't get a single solitary point from their bench in the first half. Not a one. Oh, let's look at the Knicks bench real quick. How did Cam Reddish do? Oh, boy, eight points, or sorry, six points in 15 minutes. I, I remember y'all telling me how, anyway, sorry, I, I'm getting sidetracked here. But anyway, they didn't get a point from their bench in the first half, and, and Holiday had the most off their bench with eight. This was all about DeJounte Murray. Yes, his scoring and the 36 points, but his defense, his defensive intensity, his ability to change up the game, his ability to get steals, his ability to change up possessions, his ability to help them get easy baskets. There are so many nuanced things. I know it's easy to look and just say the 36, uh, 36 points, the five steals, and those obviously are magnificent numbers. But just what it did for the tone and tenor of that game, the, the Knicks had no answer, and they kept turning the ball over and turning the ball over. And the Hawks got out-rebounded in that game last night. They got out-rebounded by one. I think it was 53, 53 to 52, I believe, was the rebounding uh, um, edge last night. Yeah, or sorry, 52 to 51. The, the Knicks actually had the rebounding edge. But Murray's defensive intensity completely changed the dynamic of that game. And that's another victory this year that they would not have had with last year's squad. Last year's squad, it would have turned into what Toronto turned into. It had been 30, 40-point blowout loss. And it would have completely changed what the look of that road trip was. Now the Hawks come home after the five-game road trip. They got a couple of days off to get Trey healthy. They'll play the Pelicans on Saturday. But they came off a three-and-two road trip. Back-to-back -back victories in Detroit, beating the Knicks last night. 
that's huge. That we talk about how you're going to get to the four or five seed and how you're going to get last night was a perfect example. That's a game last year's team wouldn't have won. Opening nights at a game that they very much could have lost last year. So a win here, two wins here, win here. And all of a sudden that's the difference of are we the seven, eight, nine seed we're fighting for, or we're the three, four, five seed that we're fighting for. And that's the thing about Murray. He's such a difference maker in so many different ways. The Hawks have, listen, as great as Trey Young is, Trey Young beats you because he can fire it from everywhere on the court and he can outscore your best player. DeJounte Murray doesn't have to outscore the other team's best player. He can defend him. He can create defensive intensity. He can dish throw. He can do so many different things for this club. He's a joy to watch right now. And he really is going to make everybody better around him. And look, right now, they're averaging almost 50 points a game from their backcourt, 17 assists, I believe it is. Their backcourt is as good as anybody you want to put up in the NBA against them. You give me Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, I'll take those guys over pretty much anybody you can throw at me in the NBA. I don't care if it's the Celtics, whatever. You give me those two guys. Because here's what I know about Murray. You know, even if their offense, and their offense was dreadful last night early in that game. They couldn't throw it in the ocean if their life depended on it. And they weren't doing a whole lot of movement. They weren't creating a lot of good shots. They couldn't throw it in the lake no matter to save their life. But once Murray, and and really a lot of this happened once, you know, even when Trey got off the court, that Murray kind of took over that game. He led them defensively with his intensity. I can't say enough good things about what DeJounte Murray has already in a short sample size, in an eight-game sample size. You can see how good of a player that this kid is and was and is going to be. You can see why the Hawks were willing to give up the capital. Can I tell you, like, we're only eight games in, and this is already a great trade for the Hawks. I don't care if they gave up a first round, second round, eighth round, 20th round, six first rounders, if they had to get Ted Stepien in to give away the next 10 years worth of first rounders in, Google Ted Stepien, you'll learn what I'm talking about. This already is a big W for the Hawks because they've already won multiple games where DeJounte Murray has been the linchpin for why that they've won. And I said it opening night, and I'm saying it again here. This kid is going to be fun to watch, and he is a true difference maker. He is why they won that game last night. Those are games that last year they would have had no chance to win. All right, I want to talk about my friends over at Built Bar. Listen, head to Built.com today and check out their wide, extensive menu of products. Listen, you want the low-calorie, low-sugar, low-carb snack, right? We're all looking for that, but where can I get my protein from? Well, listen, check out the protein bars. Check out, we've talked about this before, the protein-infused marshmallow puffs. You're going to love those things. It's a little different texture than just your typical protein bar. So if you want something a little bit different, try the marshmallow, uh, the protein-infused marshmallow puffs. But every month they're coming out with a new flavor over at Built Bar. So I want you to head to Built.com today. Check out the menu. Check out all the different products they have and put your order together. And when you get to check out, I want you to use the promo code LOCKEDON15, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, the number one, the number five, LOCKEDON15. Use that promo code. You get 15% off your order simply by using the promo code LOCKEDON15. Head to Built.com today. Check out their products. Save yourself 15% 
with our promo code LOCKEDON15. So one of the moves that the Atlanta Falcons made at the trade deadline was they picked up corner Rashad Fenton from the Kansas City Chiefs, who had been starting. He'd been a starter earlier in the year. He played, obviously, a lot last year and started last year. Grades out very well. If you look at last year's numbers in pro football focus, his coverage grade was over 80. I think it was 81 was his coverage grade last year. And the Falcons didn't give up much for him. Um, Fenton is a guy who's on his rookie deal right now. Um, He's going to be an unrestricted free agent come the end of the season. Signed a four-year deal. You know, he was a a sixth-round draft pick out of South Carolina. But he's played well. But what I've... The thing that I think is interesting is as you're hearing Coach Smith and you're reading the reports and things like that, yes, they needed some depth and stuff like that. But I think Fenton is a sign that we're not going to see either A.J. Terrell and or Casey Hayward for a while. And and I think Fenton is going to get a big run over these next several weeks. And look, We know that Casey Hayward right now is on IR for the Falcons. So he's going to be on IR for a well, obviously had to have shirt surgery and all that. So I don't expect to see him back really anytime soon. AJ Terrell dealing with that hamstring issue. You know, he's going to be, you know, I thought it was interesting that they didn't say day to day. They said it's going to be week to week. And when you've got a hamstring injury on a cornerback, who's constantly, not just full out running, but has to turn, has to rotate, backpedal, forward. I mean, all the different motions that you have to have with your legs. I don't think we're going to see A.J. Terrell for a while. It might be a couple weeks, might be six weeks. You know, we we talked about those kinds of, uh, of injuries and stuff like that, that that soft tissue really doesn't heal unless you just rest it. And with a hamstring injury, if you think that you're 100% and ready to go, give it another week. That That's the rule of thumb. You think you're good to go, sit another week and then get back in. So I think we're going to look back in hindsight and say that this was a real coup that Terry Fontenot pulled off and getting Fenton because as he was squeezed and kind of pushed out of Kansas City, and not because he's necessarily bad, although his numbers have sort of regressed this year, but they really like their rookies and they're playing their rookies a lot more. And look, Kansas City has done a magnificent job over the last few years. Look, Creed Humphrey might have been the best pick in the draft last year. I know Micah Parsons and everything like that, but Creed Humphrey was an outstanding draft pick for when you look at the value of where they got him. You know, you got a Pro Bowl caliber center late in the draft, right? So they've done a great job, not just high up, but in their lower part of their draft of finding guys. And Fenton is another guy, sixth rounder. He's played really well, but just got squeezed out with the rookies that they want to play. And, you know, let's be honest, he's a rental player for right now. But on this squad, I think it's a message and a sign, too, that our two starting corners aren't coming back anytime soon. And, yeah, that's going to put a lot of pressure on the D. Alfords, the Isaiah Olivers, guys like that, Darren Hall, right? They needed at least somebody in here to be a, I don't want to say their number one corner, but I think that's how they're going to treat Fenton. And I think that's how they're going to play him. And I think that this isn't just a depth move. I think they look at their injury situation and say, 
we may not get one or both of those guys back for a while. And think about some of the offenses that they're going to play. We talked about the Chargers this weekend. Look, they're a complete huck-it-around team, right? Still going to see Tom Brady. They're a huck-it-around team. The Saints aren't afraid to throw it. We saw that in week one with Jameis. Now Andy Dalton, a quarterback, they'll throw it. Yes, they want to get Kamara involved in the run game, but they want to throw it to Michael Thomas and throw it to Kamara out of the backfield. They'll throw it around. You know, Carson Wentz will throw it around. There are still plenty of teams on this schedule, you know, outside the Bears and some in Carolina, but we saw Carolina wants to, you know, they'll take DJ Moore and they'll huck it around. They need a guy who, and I, I you know, I, I dare say number one corner, but that's how I think how they're going to treat Fenton. And I think that's how they're going to use him is that he's going to be CB1 right now for them. And it it scares me a little bit, not because I don't like Fenton. I like Fenton fine, and, you know, we'll see if he can find himself into a contract for next year with the Falcons. Maybe he balls out and he makes himself too valuable. I mean, the Falcons have always said, you know, the last couple of years with Arthur and Terry, we want to sign our own guy. So maybe this is a guy who works himself into a nice contract and they bring him back. But what scares me is that, that this almost feels like a message that – we're not going to see our top two corners. We're not going to see our two starters. We're not going to see AJ Terrell and Casey Hayward for a while, for very much. I, I have this feeling that Hayward is going to be out for a good long time. And again, with hamstring injuries with AJ Terrell, that could be a week, a month. I mean, you have no idea how to really gauge. And so rather than, you know, going into, you know, look, did they have needs in different places? Absolutely. They could have upgraded a couple places on their offensive line if they want to. Could have upgraded another player on their defensive line. We've talked about guys like Adama Kinsu and people like that. Could you go out and get a guy like that to help add into the mix of the Taquan Grahams and people like that? And we knew that they needed defensive back help. But you could have really even said safety. You know, that with Jalen Hawkins being banged up, Richie Grant's been a little bit banged up and had a little bit of his struggles here or there. But they looked at corner and said, we need to go get another guy. And we need a guy who isn't just a guy who's just kind of a journeyman or just kind of a rotational guy or something like that. We need a guy who can step in and start weekly for us. And that's the kind of player Fenton is. Fenton's a guy who can start every week for you. Okay. He's not like, he's not an Isaiah. You don't want Isaiah Oliver standing on the outside covering the number two guy. Okay. We've seen that. We know how that book ends, right? That, that's writing chapters in the book of bad ideas if you do that. You, you have Isaiah Oliver to be a rotational guy, and you kind of monitor his snap percentage and things like that. Fenton is a guy you can tr- toss out there, and you can play him every week and line him up out there. He's done it. He's been there before. He's played pretty well for them. You know, again, getting squeezed out by rookies and being on the final year of his contract, they probably just don't think that, there's much value. And look, they were willing to part with a seventh round, you know, only took a seventh round pick to get him. So it's not like the Falcons gave up anything. Falcons gave up a pick that probably won't even make the roster to start with. But I am a little bit concerned, you know, as I just kind of read the tea leaves about what Arthur is saying, what I'm hearing about, you know, hearing from people about Hayward, hearing about Terrell. I just, I, I have a little bit of an uneasiness about, how quickly we're going to see one or both of those guys back in the mix. So we ask about 
Did the Falcons get way better this year or this, that, and the other? I don't know if they got way better, but they certainly brought a guy in that I believe they're going to play a lot over these next several weeks. And don't be surprised if you're seeing him line up as their number one option at, at cornerback right now. All right, we well, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuck for your first listen every day. Don't forget, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big, big game recaps, and the take of the day. They are available on YouTube. They're available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts from. We remind you to head to YouTube.com. Put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Free and available to download on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review. Of course, Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, we are available on those platforms. So check us out there as well. Then follow me at JMCH316 on Twitter. We're going to do an ATL Hangouts tomorrow to be me, Zeno, and Jarvis. We'll be hanging out, talking some Falcons, probably talking some Hawks. So we will catch up with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 